Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of snowy Sweden. It is mid-April and it has been snowing where I'm at in the northern part of uh, Sweden, snowing almost every day and I love it. I've been going on to my Facebook feed and seeing so many of my friends that are going to the beaches, they're going to places that are hot and warm and having a blast. I love the cold. I love the cold. I love the snow. I love everything about it. And so does my family. Fortunately, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I married a woman that loves the snow as much as I do. We love cold weather. We love being in cold weather areas. We also love to be in areas that are rural, farm-like, very few people. <laughs> of course, we live in Asia. God called us to Asia. It's almost like he pulled us there to serve. And we love being with the Chinese people. We love being in the crowded cities when we're doing ministry. But when there's a time to get away, just our family, because I do travel a lot. I spend a lot of time on the road. And when I'm writing, I do try to stop and pray about many of the things that I'm writing. And right now I'm writing our new book, which is the Back to Jerusalem Bible Study. It's a road trip Bible study. And and in order to get in the spiritual place where I think that my mind needs to be when I'm writing these things down for a Back to Jerusalem Bible study, I try to get into a place where I can be quiet in the mornings. And it's so nice to wake up and have the snow lightly falling outside of our window. And it's been doing that every single day. But I also like to break up my time with things that are more carnal. I watch a lot of TV shows that I probably shouldn't watch with my family. And then I also dive into the news every single day. I consume mainly British, Swedish, and uh, Asian, as well as American news. Those are my main news sources. I kind of have a, a list of the news sites that I go through every single day. Um, I start off my very first website that I go to is Drudge Report. That probably tells you the direction of my next website that I usually go to, which is Huffington Post. I know you probably would have never guessed that one. Um, so I go from one of the most conservative websites to one of the most liberal websites. Those are my number one and number two. And then from there, it just kind of goes downhill. I consume a lot of like, I don't want to say tabloid type of news, but Daily Mail. Ah, you kind of, you kind of got me. Um, often blotted it in, in, uh, Sweden. These are more tabloid type of news, but they really do a lot of very good journalism. That's me trying to defend myself. In the news right now, uh, that's kind of making a lot of headlines in the U.S. is the Billy Graham rule. And it's under attack out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's crazy because this has been a rule since 1948. Now, if you're not familiar, with the Billy Graham rule. Um, it is a practice among Protestant Christian leaders in which they avoid spending time alone with women whom they are not married to. This is a practice that I have adopted. 
This is a practice that my church, uh, my sending church in California has adopted. It's, it's named after Billy Graham. He's the most notable proponent of the practice, but it was adopted long before Billy Graham. It is called the Billy Graham rule. And one of the reasons why is that he made it a obli- uh, kind of a rule, kind of a uh, a, a contract with ministry, if you will. In 1948, he and several other of his partners, uh, Cliff Barrows, uh, Grady Wilson, George Beverly Shea, uh, these guys came together, these giants of faith, and they agreed to, quote, avoid any situation that would ever even have the appearance of compromise or suspicion. And that meant to avoid being together with women alone on trips, dinner, or in counseling. And because of this Billy Graham rule, there's politicians and businessmen that have also adopted it. And so it's not just for ministers. It's also for those that are men, godly men that want to live godly lives. Not... And, and, and you have to understand this about the rule. The rule is not that you should not do anything with these women. The, the rule is you should not be in a situation where you could even be accused, where you might arouse suspicion of being guilty of being unfaithful to your wife or unfaithful before God. Uh, and he has taken huge hits, um, especially in late night media. Uh, here is um, one late night host, Stephen Colbert, the Colbert Report. He he is kind of the epitome of late night news. This is kind of a little bit of a taste of what was when, when this came out about Mike Pence, that he follows the Billy Graham rule. He does not uh, eat with women at dinner alone without his wife being there. And he does not attend parties where there is alcohol being served uh, and women present at those parties without his wife. Now, you would think that a lot of people would respect that. They'd say, oh, that's sweet. That's cute. That's nice. He loves his wife. He wants to protect his marriage. That's how I saw it. The world saw it completely different. And here's Stephen Colbert. Let's talk about someone who has no power in Washington, Mike Pence. (laughs) The Washington Post just did a profile of Mike and and Mrs. Mike, and they have evidently a pretty solid thing going on. Because Pence never eats alone with a woman other than his wife. That can only mean one thing. Mike Pence is such an out-of-control Force 5 bonacane that he has to be monitored by Karen Pence at all times. One Amstel Light and he's dry-humping the bread baskets. Okay? Oh, there's snow on the roof, but there's a fire in the furnace. Pence also won't attend events featuring alcohol without his wife by his side. He is so naughty, if you left him alone with a bottle of whiskey, he might try to have sex with it. And Jim Beam and Jack Daniels are both dudes. And he's not into that scene. All right? He has to pray away the Mount Gay. Then, there's the story. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. I don't know. So here you have a late night talk show host that, and you can hear the crowd, they think this is hilarious. They think that a man that is committed to his wife in this manner is boneheaded. 
like a Neanderthal. And when I started to hear, I was like, okay, well, this is just one or two um, talk show hosts, but it wasn't. There was there was also uh, on on um, one of the shows that is known around the United States in the morning times called. Um, Sorry, that was uh, that was the next video. I'm getting ready to start the next video. Um, there, there, there's another show called The View, which comes on. It features a, a, a round table of women, and even women didn't like to hear this either. I have sad news for Vice President Mike Pence. Groupies out there. Well, well, two of you. Yeah. Where are they? He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking good guy. Looking so, you know, I like a personality. Hello. <laughs> I like my pets. <laughs> Apparently, he won't go out to dinner with a woman, mm-hmm. we've heard, unless his wife Karen is with him, too. Mm-hmm. And he won't attend any event where booze is served without her, either. Mm-hmm. Now, what is he afraid of? <laughs> Self-control? So right away, they begin to attack him. Oh, he's so afraid of self-control that he cannot even allow himself to be around a woman without his wife there to babysit him. Is that what that means? Is this what the Billy Graham rule is about? That you are so unsure of yourself, you are so afraid of temptation that you try to bring your spouse together with you to keep you from entering into that temptation. Well, in order to get better insight, I haven't lived in the U.S. for about uh, 18 years, so I am going to call uh, Bishop-elect Anthony, who is a pastor in the United States. Uh, he sh- will be going through a ceremony where he will be appointed as a bishop later on this month uh, in the United States. He is my pastor. I affectionately call him Pastor Williams. Uh, even to this day, I, he that is my home church, and that is my pastor. And so I'm going to call him and get him on the line now uh, to find out his take on the situation of the attack in the United States on the Billy Graham rule. Hello, Bishop-elect Williams, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, now now I got you. I am... I, I am actually in um, in uh, the northern mountains of Sweden right now, so my internet is a bit testy. I'm using a, a mobile phone for internet connection, and it drops every now and then. So I might drop you from from time to time. Okie dokie, <laughs> not a problem. Hey, um, the reason I'm the reason I wanted to call and talk with you. I know that you're in the U.S. You have your finger on the pulse of of the the what's happening with the culture in the United States. And I have just been intrigued, been watching the news, and I saw that um, uh, presidential vi- or vice president uh, M- Mike Pence um, had made a statement. It seemed to be not really directed at anybody, but just said that you know I don't travel around with any woman without that's not my wife. I don't eat dinner with a woman that's not my wife, and I don't go to parties that where alcohol is consumed if my wife is not with me. And all hell seemed to break loose, uh, where, where people just got all upset and up in arms. Have you been, have you been watching that? Have, have you been, uh, seeing that? And what is, what is your take? Uh, yes, yes, I've, I've seen that. And, uh, you know what? Uh, most of those that are up in arms are those on the, uh, radical left wing, the, the liberalists. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, my take is people 
who don't understand the sanctity of marriage, uh, the vows that one takes, uh, and how to protect yourself as well as your spouse. I mean, you are in ministry, and, uh, and and obviously you have to come across working together with women from time to time. Do you abide by the same rule? If so, why? If not, why? Absolutely. One of the first things that uh, in my congregation that I let people know is that, one, you will never, ever have, I will never, ever have a woman come into my office for counsel without her spouse, or if she's single, without the presence of my wife. Um, what does that do? It protects uh, me from uh, um, um, having people think, you know, evil thoughts regarding me from putting my own personal self or the other individual in a compromising position Um there's a scripture that says this. It says to put no confidence in the flesh. And so, and, and, and another verse that says, he that thinketh he's strong, take heed, lest he fall. So I don't uh, put myself in compromising positions or in positions where I will allow uh, the enemy to tempt me when it's unnecessary. You know, the reason why this interests me is because, as you know, I spend a lot of time on the road. And a lot of the Back to Jerusalem missionaries that I work with are are men. And the, more, the, the overwhelming majority of them are men. And uh, in the Chinese culture... Um, it is considered not just not just as a as a part of the Christian culture, but as the as the business culture as well. I mean th- that is now changing inside of China. But it's it's especially among the conservative Chinese Christians, it is considered to be inappropriate um, to take a female out to dinner to have a meeting, just the two of you, even though it's completely legitimate. Even though there's there, it's it, and a lot of a lot of people have attacked people like Mike Pence because I think that this this took them by surprise. I don't think that they've ever heard of rules like this. Um, uh, there, there was, there were people that uh, you know were making fun of him to, I mean, to in in, in some really harsh ways. But um, the the Chinese, uh, they feel that it's it keeps you from the appearance, even if there's nothing going wrong, even if there's nothing going bad. And it's not to say that uh, a male is is so unconfident, un- uh, not confident about his his service to Christ that just the mere presence of a woman by himself might lead him to do something that he doesn't want to do. Um, it, it, it's it's not about whether he can control himself or not can control himself or to view the woman as being nothing more than a sexual object, but just the appearance for others that might view them and get a misunderstanding of a situation. The the Chinese want to put themselves in a place above reproach, where it's not, not only are you not doing anything wrong, but if it's possible to keep yourself from being viewed as doing anything wrong. You know, uh, uh, for those of us that are Christians, um, I mean, and that's a good moral position that anyone should take. And honestly, I believe that all morality has its roots um, in God. It it proceeds from the throne of God. Um, Listen, you know, in Ephesians, the, the Bible teaches us to give no place 
to the devil. In other words, I should not uh, put myself in a position that would compromise my stance or my place as a Christian. Um, it's not always it's not always you know the act that one does, but it's also the perception that one may give. And as a believer, we don't want to give the enemy any type of fodder, any type of kindling to to spark a fire or to start gossiping innuendo. Uh, it is just, you, you know, listen, the perception of wrong can be just as damaging to one's character as the actual act of doing wrong. And as a Christian, I need to protect uh, uh, the character and even the perception of my character as a believer. Yeah, when, when you... I think that's what Mike, uh, uh, excuse me, I think that's what Vice President uh, Pence is doing, and he's doing it well. You know, uh, as you were saying that, I mean, just kind of out of the blue, I you, you were talking about uh, being in a place of being perceived uh, where something has gone wrong. I'm reminded of uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. He didn't do anything wrong. He actually kept his nose clean. He did exactly what was required of him, what he felt that, that because when Potiphar's wife, of course, tried to seduce him, he said, how could I uh, uh, do this against a man who's been so good to me, meaning Potiphar, or, or against my God? Um, and, uh, and I, I, he still was accused of, of, um, raping or attempting to rape Potiphar's wife, even though he didn't do anything wrong, he was in a situation where he was alone with Potiphar's wife. And so it was his testimony against her testimony. And she had a garment of his to prove her side of the story. Yes. The, the interesting thing about, you know, this particular situation that you bring into bear is this, that there was great reticence in the heart of Potiphar, because for the act that Joseph was accused of as a slave, he should have been killed. That was, you know, the punishment for that was death. But rather than kill him, Potiphar sent him to prison. This was because there was a a a a, a uh, uh, absence of complete complete trust in what his wife was bringing him. He knew the character of Joseph. And I believe that that's what saved Joseph's life. You know, I, when, when I'm, when I'm listening to the attacks on Mike Pence, I have to tell you that I'm a bit, I, of course, I'm not surprised really by many things, but I, I, I find myself yelling at the computer screen, trying to communicate <laughs> <laughs> with some of these people. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, we just watched an entire year go by where Bruce Jenner, leaves his wife to become a woman and by leaving away, breaking uh, a covenant, breaking a commitment, breaking a, 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 an agreement between him and his wife that they would be together forever and becoming a woman, 
is applauded and thought of as being heroic. And anybody that says any different, well, they are just homophobic or transphobic or whatever other phobia they can come up with. And I, and I, and, and when I read this, the attacks, the venomous attacks, against somebody like Mike Pence um, for just merely stating that he takes certain precautions that other people may not adopt, other people may not agree with, that's fine, but he takes these personal precautions to guard the sanctity between him and his wife in their marriage, and the venomous attacks that comes out also reminds me a little bit of the of the incident with Potiphar's wife. Where, if you look at it in another way, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph. And when Joseph, and, and Joseph is the victim here. And, and, and she is coming on to him. Now, when he refuses her, all of a sudden, she cries victimhood. That she is somehow the victim of this salacious attack by Joseph. And I can somehow, in, in some ways, and I may be off here, but I kind of see the world almost trying to seduce Christians into their way of thinking. And that when Christians stick with the Bible, instead of going with the world, all of a sudden, the Christians go from being the victim to becoming the victimizers. And that's exactly how uh, Mike Pence was portrayed in the media. As I was reading The New Yorker, as I was reading CNSBC, I, I was seeing that Mike Pence was thought of as being um, chauvinistic, um, attacking women. He, he was considered to be not giving women an equal chance at the same kind of camaraderie that he might have with a male, considering that in his profession, a male might get promoted if he could spend some alone time together with Mike Pence, maybe over dinner, and that would advance their career. It would give them a chance to bond. A woman would not be in that same position. Therefore, Mike Pence is the victimizer, and women all around the world are now the victims. I, 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 I somehow see that as Potiphar's wife claiming to be the victim when actually she was the one that was victimizing Joseph. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they want to, they, the, the people of the world want to flip the script. And, uh, and so rather than see themselves and see the, the, the 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 flaws as well as the hypocrisy of the of, of their actions. They they want to make make it out to be as if Mike Pence or any that would take a position a righteous position like that are wrong. And uh, you know what? Let me tell you something. The, the precautions that this man has taken uh, has uh, uh, we can attribute as being one of the many factors that have given his marriage the longevity that it has. And I can promise you that uh, those who do not ascribe to these type of uh, precautions for their, their marriage relationship, uh, I can promise you that those that engage in these activities where they are in places alone uh, with, uh, with uh, women that are not their wives, or husbands that are not their husbands, or men that are not their husbands, uh, these are the ones that find themselves and find their relationships in trouble. You know, and uh, listen, there are enough 
distractions that happen. There are enough uh, things that 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 a, a, a marriage relationship has to go through without compounding the issues of bringing a third party into it. Um, the fact remains. The fact remains that that we should applaud this man, our vice president, for his 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 uh, moral uh, ethics and for his uh, wanting to protect his marriage vows by not compromising his positions and inviting a third party into his relationship, no matter how benign the situation may seem to be. Oh, we're just having a dinner lunch. Uh, excuse me, we're just having a business lunch, or we're just having a business dinner. Yeah, maybe you are, and maybe in and of itself is something that your your particular job may require, but I don't think, I do not think that your job or your business would be angry that you brought along your wife. Yeah, you know, uh, when I when I travel around, I work with a lot of different uh, people that are either involved in humanitarian work, uh, people that are involved in missions work, um, people that are involved in business. We do a lot of cross contamination with with people that do uh, a lot of uh, business setups in the closed countries between China and Jerusalem. And, you know, this is a rule that I think that they could greatly benefit from. Um, I don't know if it's really in place. I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. I mean, this was a commitment that I personally made and, and within our own group, we've never really discussed it, but I know it's, it's, it's a matter of, of, of fact, something that is practiced within the Chinese and the Chinese are a little bit more strict with this than Westerners are. And we've had to caution Westerners who have traveled with us that have requested the company of certain Chinese females completely innocently of course, but the Chinese uh-huh. leadership has uh, frowned upon it, and I've had to counsel, or not counsel, but just uh, uh, kind of cross the, uh, connect the bridges of culture there uh, with Western mission groups, uh, leaders that wanted to meet with certain individuals, like, for instance, there's a book that I've written about a Chinese missionary who worked in North Korea. There are mission directors that wanted to meet with her alone. It wasn't alone on purpose, but it was alone nonetheless. And, and the Chinese leaders, you know, frowned upon that. They didn't want, they didn't want there to be any situation where, um, there could be the, 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 uh, idea or the perception of, of misconduct. And of course, the Westerners did not always understand that. Um, and the Chinese didn't care. <laughs> but um, uh, within your ministry, uh, have you ever ha- has this ever been a a policy that you've set out? It, it something that it hasn't been a written policy, a spoken policy, uh, an unspoken policy, or is this just something that you put up on yourself individually? Now, this is this is something that I have taught in my church. I have taught to those that are, are part of my uh, ministry, you know. Um, the Bible uh, 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 teaches us this as well. It says, uh, to let not your good be evil spoken of. Let not your good be evil spoken of. Now, in that context, think about this. Here I am, a pastor, and here's this young, beautiful lady in our church that uh, uh, need counseling for whatever reason, okay? She's young, she's beautiful, and I allow her 
to come into my office with my door closed to counsel her. Now, my intentions and my motives and hers may be completely innocent. But the problem is that the scripture says, let not your good be evil spoken of. Then you get some people who see this young lady go into my office and the door shuts. And their mind goes to wondering, I wonder what they're talking about. I wonder what's going on in there. You, you following me? Yes. Amen. So, so it is important. It is important that we protect to the best of our abilities. We protect, amen, the, uh, uh, the character and the presentation of our character before God and man. Let not your good be evil spoken of. So I will give no ammunition to the gossiper. I will give no ammunition to those who want to simply destroy and tear down the things that we are attempting to do in the name of the Lord. And so that has become commonplace with me. And I've allowed everybody at our church to know that if a female needs counseling, either uh, my wife can counsel her or she can come and be counseled with my wife and myself. That includes, you know, sometimes you have a, a wife that will, uh, Pastor, I need, I need you to talk to me about such and such. And they want to talk to you apart from their husband because maybe they feel like their husband is the guilty culprit behind whatever the situation is. I still will not permit that woman to come into my office and I counsel her by myself. It'll never happen. And, uh, and that's, that's important. That's important because it also places a confidence in the people that you are shepherding, a confidence that their pastor is not for no, you know, uh, phony business. I, my pastor is not going to be a womanizer. You know, I was I was a member of the church. I'm still a member of your church. You're still considered to be my home church, my home church pastor. Uh, in the late yeah. 90s, um, when I was attending Word of Life, um, I was working for the San Marcos Police Department, uh, patrolling um, three campuses, the University of California, San Marcos, and then uh, two of the Palomar campuses, one in Escondido and then another one. Uh, and I, um, uh, when I was doing those patrols, Trolls, of course, my hours were from 9 p.m. until 7 a.m. I don't know if you remember those days or not, but I was I, I worked the late night shift uh, five days a week and then uh, went to school during the day. And of course, we were right. still attending, and and my wife was getting uh, any fellowship that she could get there at the church because basically she was at home alone with the baby all day. I was at school during the day, and I was at work all at night. And uh, right before, now this actually contributed to a premature departure from 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 our side to uh, Asia uh, because when I was working at that police department, I was supposed to finish until New Year, um, but in I think it was October or November. November of of that year and at the end of the 90s 98 99 
It was 99. So in 99, the end of the year 99, um, the commander of the watch, because we, I, I was not uh, a police officer. I was com- considered to be a CSO, a community service officer. So I wasn't allowed to carry an armed, an armed weapon, but I drove around patrol cars all night. And, uh, and I, and I had a guy that was with me and Dan Bessent. He actually, uh, was shot and killed with the Oceanside Police Department only a couple years after that. He and I were partners for almost a year. Um, and, and so he was he was shot and killed in early 2001 I believe. He was my partner for the best part of a year. But they hired on a young lady. And uh they came and told me that they were going to switch out partners and give her to me so that I could train her. And I respectfully said, "I'm sorry, but I can't do that." And they said, "Why?" And I said, "Well, because um I don't feel comfortable being on patrol at midnight with just me and a female." Um, and they said, they said, have you been accused of something in the past? And I said, no, and I would like to keep it that way. And they said, uh, they said, well, at our police department, we do not treat males or females differently. And I said, well, that's fine. If you bring on a third person, it doesn't matter to me if the third person is a female or a male, but I cannot, I respectfully decline. I cannot. Uh, uh, be on patrol together with a female. Now, I don't remember if I told you about this, but of course my wife was a big part of this conversation. And, um, and, and they said, well, there's, you know, there's nothing, we, we've made our decision. Uh, she's going to be on patrol with you at midnight. And so I said, okay, um, I, I don't want to, you know, I did, I, I did not want to act uh, irrationally, but at that moment, I put in my two week notice because I could not fulfill the duties that they asked of me. And, and she was probably a great girl. I did meet with her. I never talked with her and I know that she felt bad, but, and, and, and I'm, I'm assuming nothing would have ever happened. But as you know, just the mere accusation in, in our day and age can label you for quite a long time. Even though you didn't yeah. do anything wrong, it's so good to walk the policy of trying to keep yourself, when possible, trying to keep yourself yeah. above reproach. Yeah. Yes. You know, and what you're saying, these people that jumped on my pants, all a woman has to do is insinuate that you made a untoward remark toward her, a a sexist remark, or you, you following me? Yeah. And boy, you are guilty without a trial. You yeah. see, and so when we put ourselves in these positions, and 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 if for some reason this woman wants to say something, or man, whatever, you know. Uh, uh, toward a woman, although it doesn't carry as much weight, <laughs> if that woman said something uh, toward about that man, you will catch the Dickens trying to disprove an allegation, and your your reputation is already marked. And so, when we take these positions and and these stances. Uh, that we have taken not to be alone uh, uh, when we're married, not to be alone with uh, a, a, a woman outside of our wife. It is the best policy that you could ever take to protect your reputation, to protect your marriage, and to protect your character as a person, a man of God, 
for a person of death. Yeah, it, it's not a popular stance today, and uh, the 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 stance that you've taken, and even the 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 teachings that you are teaching inside the church, um, it is it is definitely going against culture and going against cultural grain. And and uh, I I personally appreciate it, and and thank you for it, and so glad that you're my pastor. Um, thank you so much for joining us during this time, Pastor. Really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. And you know, you know, I'm available anytime, anytime. I enjoy the time we're able to speak together. And, and uh, like I said, brother, you got to let me know about Iraq. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Uh, please keep them in your prayer. Uh, just yesterday, one of our, one of our precious young missionaries that has been serving there for about a year, uh, she just had appendicitis, had to be rushed into emergency, uh, into an, uh, an emergency situation and emergency surgery. Um, and, uh, it was, it was quite a challenge yesterday. Uh, I was, I was really wishing I could be there with her. But as the Lord would have it, Everything, even though, um, her body was working against her, we prayed, um, everything fell into place. Um, there was no supernatural miracle per se, but, uh, we had a nurse that just happened to be there, a, a lady that is from Sweden that is working together with us, working together with the Chinese. She was able to, to identify the situation, know that she needed immediate medical attention and, and be with her during the consultation. I had a, phone meeting yesterday with a guy who's helping us with our IT, really great guy out of Colorado. His wife is a medical doctor. So because of the conversation that I had with him, I was able to call him right back, talk with his wife, uh, send her the blood test from Iraq, get her second opinion over the phone. And then we contacted another American friend who is a doctor in Jordan, who referred us to the best medical facility and the very best doctor that he knows of in Dehuk, which is a city just north of Mosul, where the Chinese are close to. And so she was able to go there and she's in recovery right now. Um, it could not have gone easier for such a tragic situation. So uh, I want to take you with me to Iraq for sure and uh, really appreciate your prayers for that area. Oh, definitely, definitely. I I've, I've got Iraq on the brain. <laughs> well, well, let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. We we have a trip in September. If you're free in September, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. September is already marked down, brother. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. All right. Blessings. And thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I love talking with Bishop-elect Anthony Williams. The, the official title for him would be Bishop-elect. He will be a bishop at the end of this month when he goes through his ceremony in Mississippi. Uh, but he's my pastor. So I, because he's my pastor, I call him Pastor Williams out of affection and habit. But I want to thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I hope that this is beneficial for ministry leaders around the world who are wondering about the policies that are followed by the Chinese and how the Chinese follow those policies to keep them above reproach as a pragmatic biblical way of 
keeping ourselves pure before the cross so that we can carry out the mission and run the race with effectiveness. Thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless.